following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Welcome back to another edition of The Huge Show on this Tuesday. It is the 27th day of June 2023. So great to be riding along with you no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and worldwide on the free-to-download iHeartRadio app. We welcome you to The Huge Show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That is Brett Hayes. You can find him on Twitter at the Brett Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino, filling in once again for my friend Bill, who is on the road. I wonder what he's on the road doing. I wonder if we know what exactly that is. Hopefully he's practicing because I hear we got a big match coming up. I hear that this might be taking place in August. So I'm going to, you know, iron sharpens iron, that that that, that kind of deal. So I'm going to go out there and practice up a little bit and uh, and make sure that my game is is ready just to drag him around the golf course for 18 holes. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Brett, good Tuesday after you, my, uh, Tuesday afternoon to you, my man. How are you? How, I'm doing life? well, How buddy. How are you, man? I'm good. Good. For a Tuesday. For a Tuesday, yeah. For a Tuesday. Uh, you can join us at any time. You can text the keyword HUGE uh, to 21000. That's HUGE, H-U-G-E, to 21000. HUGE Show, Mercantile Bank listener line. If you want to call in and weigh in on anything, we might be discussing one 838 huge one 838 Four, three. One question that we did ask earlier this morning, because I host mornings here on the Michigan Sports Network, and we were talking a little bit uh, about golf, because one of my buddies who's a, a college basketball coach at Ohio University, and he's a Michigander, he loves Detroit sports, he went to Concordia, played his basketball there, and he actually did his GA years under John Beeline at the University of Michigan before being hired and went to Toledo and then from Toledo down to Ohio to work for Jeff Bowles. Is, uh, he's going on a golf trip and they are doing the, uh, Tullymore, Arcadia Bluffs and why can't I remember the third one? Oh my goodness. Where, where does, where's Bill do the, is it yep. the Folds of Honor? Oh, American Dunes? American Dunes, Forest Dunes? Forest Dunes, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Forest Dunes. I think it's starting in. Yep, up north. So I think he's doing uh, Forest Dunes, Arcadia Bluffs, and Tullymore. And we were, we were just talking about uh, talking a little bit about golf. And he asked, he said, what do you think the three best public courses are in Michigan? Right? It, emphasis on public. We can't all go out there and walk onto Oakland Hills and be like, yo, can I get a 3.30 tee time? That's not going to work. So you got to take, take Oakland Hills out of the equation, uh, take the country clubs out, 
anything that is open to the public, what are the three best courses in the state of Michigan? I'm going to retweet that uh, the original question uh, right now. And if you could just kind of respond to that in the thread on Twitter, if you have a Twitter. If not, you can always text us, use the keyword HUGE, and send it to 21,000, HUGE to 21000, because I want to know what you think. Right. Some people gave us some really good ones uh, that were in jest. Right. A little bit of sarcasm. That's totally fine. I'm always here for a good time. Uh, but yeah, if you uh, what maybe they're the three that you've played that are the uh, that are your um, favorite. You know that that always helps if you've played them before. Uh, so it maybe maybe it might not be that you don't think it's that one of the best courses in Michigan, but it might be one of your favorites. But I just retweeted it at AC Bellino. That's A C B E L L I N O. Rank your top three public golf courses in the state of Michigan. This question was presented by uh, Coach Barlow on our show X's and Bros in the morning uh, uh, right here on the Michigan Sports Network. So we are excited. We're going to talk to Brendan Quinn. We'll do a little PGA Tour, a little live tour in hour number two uh, with him and get ready for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Excited about that. Uh, what he saw out there in L.A. You know, the, the USGA, you know, the, the atmosphere wasn't great, right? Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. The atmosphere wasn't great. Um, you know, very, very corporate. So I want to get Brendan's thoughts on that because look, I mean, we've talked to uh, some folks from the rocket mortgage that they travel all around and you basically scout your events. It's like the, uh, the Detroit lions, for example, the NFL draft is coming to Detroit in 2024. That's next year. So what do the lions do the last couple of years? You travel around now that the draft is mobile and you start to see, you send a group out there. that basically is uh, watching film, doing uh, doing a little recon work. Right. And they're writing out. What do you think? You know, Take notes. What works? What doesn't work? What did you like? What did you not like? What could have been better? What would you like to see, you know, that be done here in Detroit for the NFL draft? And you do some scouting like that. Well, Rocket Mortgage, they've been traveling all over the place to all these different events and tournaments, trying to make sure that we have a really great turnout Thursday through Sunday. And, of course, if you're involved with any of the you know Celebrity Pro-Am stuff and the course, it was open at noon yesterday uh, after the big storm on Sunday, trying to get it ready. Hopefully the rain you know holds off. We do have a little bit in the forecast potentially for this weekend. So hopefully it, it holds off so we can get some good crowds and some great golf. And you know, my big thing with the, with the Rocket Mortgage is let's not get any of this banter about, oh, my God, the course is so easy. Look at these guys. They shot 2,500. Well, we just saw 2,300 this last, this past weekend of the Travelers, and nobody said dilly squat about that course in Connecticut. So I don't want to hear it when it comes to the great state of Michigan. I'm not, I'm not listening to that. I'm not having any part of it. So we will uh, yeah, we'll talk to Brendan about that. Josh Henschke is going to join us in hour number three to talk about uh, Michigan's NIL program. Now with Coach Harbaugh, it's something different, something new. And I'm trying to learn more about it and what exactly does this mean. Because this is such a strange place to try to navigate right now in the world of college athletics. I had one uh, buddy who coaches uh, college hoops as well who was on the road and ran into a friend of his that is an NBA scout. And the scout said, I don't know how you guys are doing it. And I don't really know how college coaches are doing it either. Uh, That's where, you know... For my team, the team that I work for in Ann Arbor, things have been very difficult, right? I mean, they have sent a lot of guys to the NBA in the last four or five years. They have had a lot of guys coming and a lot of guys going. And you have to be able at the collegiate level to be able to maintain some sort of roster stability. And they just haven't been able to do that. I mean, it's tough when you got grad transfers coming in like last year, Jalen Llewellyn. 
I mean, there was all the, all this hype, and we'll see what Jalen Llewellyn can bring to the table. And, you know, Devontae Jones in the year before, okay, then, then you know, Jalen gets hurt. It's no fault of his own, just, you know, injuries, that they happen. Tears his knee. Answered Doug McDaniel. I'm a big Doug fan. I think that he and, uh, and Terrace Reed could, could really play very, very well for a, for a long time. But guys are, guys are coming and going. Kobe Bufkin's you know, surge in the second half of the season last year. I mean, that was, that was pretty incredible, and it elevated him to a top 15 pick in, in last week's NBA draft. You know, we all assume that Jet Howard was a one and done because when you're six seven, you have the ability to shoot. Now, whether or not you know it was the, uh, you know, that was the the proper use at Michigan. You know, he had the ball in his hands a lot, and you know, don't know if that was maybe the best idea. If more more or less a spot up shooter, it was kind of his calling. But we'll see what he you know develops to be. It's, you know, in the NBA, but a guy like Oscar Shibway, who was the National Player of the Year as a big man, a center, doesn't even get drafted. Guy goes undrafted. But then you have a young fellow like Jed Howard one year in, like, yeah, we're drafted on potential. You fit the mold. You're 6'7. You're long. You buy in on defense. You work on the glass and you shoot. Like, you are going to be, you could be in the league for a very, very long time. And that's the team that I work for uh, at, at the University of Michigan. And the rival, a little bit north and a little bit west, just it just seems like this the standard this rock of stability the folks wearing green and white the Izzo kids I mean my, they're going to be tough they got a good class coming in they retain a lot of guys like you know it's just it's one of those things where you have to be able to build that pipeline and the guys that you're recruiting that are coming in this happens for both football and for basketball they have to be you got to be really upfront and honest with them on what you believe they can expect in their freshman year. And no matter how hard it gets, they have to buy into this idea that you can be a two, three, and four-year player at the collegiate level and come out and be drafted. Marcus Sasser just drafted by the Pistons, four-year guy at Houston. You could be drafted and have a great career. You really can. You can be a two, three-contract kind of guy. Tim Duncan, four years of college. Right? You don't have to be... You know, well, I was going to go with LeBron, but that's back when you could, you know, exit high school and go straight to the pros. You you might not have to do some of these alternate, you know, options like the G League or like overtime elite. You can go traditional college. Here's the plan that we have in place for you. Are you going to be willing to stick that out if, as a freshman, you barely see the floor? A lot of guys aren't. A lot of guys want to play right now. I mean, they've been told their whole life by every recruiting service on the planet how great they are. They've been told by every writer and radio host how great they are. I don't believe anybody's great. You could send five-star after five-star. Does it matter? Sure. Yeah, the teams that are winning national championships, especially in football, Georgia's got more five-stars than Michigan. Okay. Hell, they might have more five-stars than Michigan and Michigan State combined. Alabama, five-star. Where are these teams always at? They're always in the discussion at the end of the year right now in the playoffs. But unless that five-star continues to be developed, like, hey, you got great great stories about the, the under-recruited three-star guy. I'll go with a guy like Kareem Hunt, who's still in the NFL, under-recruited, went to Toledo, tore it up, got his opportunity in the league, had a little mishap off the field in Kansas City, ended up in Cleveland. Like, yes, you know, playing professional football, that's the goal. So you can get a three-star guy, and you got to get him to believe. And then you have to develop. Right in that process, I mean, those are some dues that a lot of guys don't want to be paid, uh, you know, don't want to pay. So for me, don't tell me how great you are until you get there and you actually do something. 
All right, I, you hear all the time about this guy, that guy. All right, let's see it. It's a new level. Everybody, when you show up your first day you know, on campus, everybody was the best player at their high school. Everybody was being told how great they are. So I'm interested to know from Josh Henschke when he joins us in Hour 3 what this NIL program looks like uh, The Jim Harbaugh is kind of spearheading and how, how this is going to work because this is – you know, very, very uncharted territory. If you hear me in the mornings, if you've heard me on this show, you know, in the afternoons before filling in for Bill, I'm pretty passionate about college sports. And I'm, I'm pretty old school. I'm pretty conservative. You know, I don't, I don't really believe in NIL. And a lot of people look at me like that. I have five eyes and it's like, Hey, look, no, I mean, I get that they are the reason that the athletic department makes money. But that goes hand in hand. Like they cost a lot too. You know, when you got teams spending twelve grand at breakfast, you know, have you ever tried to feed a hundred people before? A hundred people that have you know nutritional goals that they need to be meeting. You ever go buy a jug of muscle milk before and see how much that costs you or whey protein? It's not cheap. Try to order chicken for 100 people. See what your bill comes out to. And that's without any sides. That's without potatoes. And these aren't. And you're not taking your lady out to dinner. This isn't a half a chicken breast that's been filleted. We're talking about chicken and a lot of it. So, you know, it, it, it costs a lot. You can't just always receive, 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 receive without giving into that system. It's just the world doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. So I, I'm, I, I wish that there was some sort of cap. I wish the players would unionize. I think we're kind of a far ways away from that. Maybe we're closer to it than you think. But, you know, that's just, uh, that's just me. I look at the direction things are going. I don't like the fact that it's already an unlevel playing field. And now you throw NIL to, into it. And the teams with the, with the, you know, the alumni that are in the best position, they're going to continue to win that battle. You know, unless there's some sort of salary cap. This isn't professional baseball. Like this is this is football. You are getting the top talent for whatever is in that brown paper bag. NIL. Some people say, you know, name, image, and likeness. I like to say now it's legal. We'll be back with more of the huge show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. Monster Truck Madness. Saturday, July 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a monster truck invasion. Plus an awesome fireworks display after the show. Keeps open at 4. With a huge pit party till 6.30. Monster Truck Madness. Tickets just $25 and are on sale now. At the box office or eticks.com. Call 877-2-EAGLE-2. Saturday, July 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Monster Truck Madness. Bring a lawn chair and hang out for the thrill of the hill. Bill Simonson here with a message from my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's the new managing shareholder for Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together as one of America's top accounting and business firms. And speaking of business, if you're a business owner, decision maker, Bean Garter has retirement planning services in combination with Dorn Mayhew that can help take a lot of work off of your plate. Third-party administrator for 401k and 403b plans. They plan, document, design, and have maintenance of all plans. They can help you today. Go to BeanGarter.com for more information, annual employer reporting, Form 589-55 preparation and filing, and compliance testing. So let Bean Garter help you with your retirement planning services for your company. Stronger Together now with Dorn Mayhew. You can find out more at BeanGarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. 
At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. to the huge show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino. I just got a text message. And I got to ask Brett where we're at on it because it literally just came through the wire and it's it's a big one. It is important. Brett, uh, how are we doing over there with my buddy Nick? Oh, he's good to go, man. Oh, Nick Bumgardner joins us live. Nick, my friend, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. I'm not really sure. Not used to doing afternoons, but here we are. What's going on, partner? How are you, my man? Good, Anthony. How are you? Sorry, I got your text at the literal last second, so we're good. Happy hey, no, I, I love it, man. This is great. I saw the news earlier today, and I was like, I, I got to reach out to him. This, I got to sure, see yeah. what's going on here about this brand new book. You can pre-order it now. It's called Mountaintop, and it's going to be uh, distributed, what, via the M-Den? Where did this, tell us the background of where this idea where you're like, hey, you know what, I'm used to writing. Let's write a book. Yeah, so uh, myself and uh, Mark Snyder, who also uh, covered Michigan for a long time, uh, he was at the Free Press before I was. Uh, I was there shorter time than he was. Mark was there forever. Um, got together probably a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and uh, some of the guys from the '97 team had floated the idea of you know this has never been that story's never really been told in, in book form. Um, and so we kicked the idea around. Um, all of them were terrific with their time. Lloyd uh, Carr was. We got a ton of great time with Lloyd. Um, you know, he's uh, living locally again. Uh, I don't know if you saw, he just went to uh, Haiti with Mitch Elvum a couple days ago, actually. But uh, so it was great to get all a ton of new insight from him on, on just not just the 97 season, but his tenure at Michigan. And of course, you know, we talked with Charles Woodson, Greasy, uh, Hutchinson, John Getz, all those guys. I mean, we talked to most of the roster. So um, it was fun, and uh, I think we learned a lot of stuff that we didn't know, Mark and I, and I hope that uh, that'll be sort of the reader's experience, too. 
Mountaintop is the inside story of Michigan's 1997 national title climb. And, you know, Nick, were there any, like, aha moments for you? I mean, when you're, when you're around professional athletes all the time and, you know, high-level college players, you know, maybe it maybe not so much just because it becomes the norm. They, they're, you know, they're just yeah. people that are there in the same space. But then when you talk to guys like, you know, Lloyd Carr or, or Charles Woodson, maybe things are a little bit different. Did you have any of those moments while writing this? Oh yeah, I mean that's they that team in general is very very unique and special. And I think when you look at it, they've got three guys on that team. I'm going to count Tom Brady in it because he'll be in the Hall of Fame here soon. Three guys that are Pro Football Hall of Famers. Lloyd Carr was a College Football Hall of Famer. Um, they've got a ton of NFL players who played in Super Bowls and won rings beyond Tom Brady. And most of these guys, including Lloyd, were also you know. They don't deserve to be here from the fan base. Like going into '97, they were like, "These guys aren't any good," and they and they all turned out to sort of find themselves as who they would become. They did it together, and they still share a bond, Anthony. That I'm not sure I've seen with any college team ever uh, that I've been around and up close. I mean, I've seen these guys come back for reunions, not just this year, but in previous years, ten years ago, where they have an aura about them because of what they were able to do. Uh, what they were able to accomplish. Uh, they're all very confident, unique people. A lot of them have gone on to do great things in business and education and all sorts of stuff. So it's a really unique group of people, a lot of really special players and coaches. And uh, yeah, pretty cool story. Was there a, while listening to some of the stories, you know, firsthand accounts, was there one that almost kind of shocked you to where it's like, yeah, no, I didn't know this, but it's almost one of those things where you get taken back by it because, you know, we look back at it because we're like the same age demographic, right? So, you know, we're pretty young when this is happening and, you know, we just assume that's where we belong, right? We're on the heels uh, of like Tyrone Wheatley and whatnot. Yeah. Tim Biakabatuka, like we're ready. I love Timmy. Uh, but like you know, this '97 team, as you mentioned, a lot of people that had you know the adults in the room weren't necessarily thrilled about this club. It was was there a story that really stuck out to you that kind of shocked you? Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I think that's a great question, and there's probably a lot. But the great, the greatest one to me is it's not one story; it's the realization uh, in reality here that, as you just know, that because like looking back for me, 25 years ago, I was younger. I did not have the perspective uh, that I would have now as an adult who's seen, you know, time change and things go on. People all assume Michigan would be there forever. People all assume Michigan would be this thing for a long time. What people don't understand, what I think what we learned right in this book was that they were very, very, very close at the end of 96 and even at the start of 97 to just pull the plug on the whole thing and starting over. Lloyd would be gone. The whole staff would be gone. They would change. It would be from a whole new thing and who knows right who knows what would have happened at that point and there was a real friction point there that 96 team was the first team in like 25 years to not win a big 10 championship in a four-year window those seniors and i think i didn't really realize the gravity of how much change was sort of on the line if they hadn't performed pretty much to the level that they did perform at uh and you know lloyd's entire career at michigan i think was one of those that was always looked at with hypercritical eyes. I don't think he really shied away from it, but I don't think people realize how close it probably came to him not being the coach, you know, at, at all, really. So I think that that, that is something that, uh, that stuck with me the whole way that we've uh, talked to a bunch of different people, including Lloyd himself. So uh, really interesting stuff. 
Boy, wouldn't it be interesting to kind of go back in time with our perspective as we've yep. seen, you know, oh, you didn't win the Big Ten in four years. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you a story about what happens later on in the 2000s yeah. after right. USC exactly. marches us <laughs> off the field in the Rose Bowl. Let me tell you about that story one right. time. Yeah, and we have that perspective now, and it's crazy to think back. And it's you think back to the times of the mid-'90s and the rosters that Michigan had just absolutely loaded. Uh, you know, going back through some of the recruiting rankings was interesting. We talked to Tom Lemming for the book, people like that, that rated these guys out of high school. And what you find is, is that they were recruiting like Georgia, Bama, like, I mean, Michigan's recruiting well now, but this is what it was back in the nineties. It was a factory. It was just ungodly amounts of talent, guys that were fourth stringers that were playing the NFL. And, you know, that's not happening today. <laughs> so I think it was a very different world and uh, an interesting one to look back at. Dude, did any of those guys, I mean, I know this is very specific to that particular year, but did any of the, the, the personal one-on-one interviews that you had with any of the guys, did they talk about the state or status of college football today? Yeah, I think they all um, sort of admitted right up front, or it's not an admission, it's like an acknowledgement of like, it's just, I don't know if it's possible to have the type of team that we had and, and, and bond that we built for 40 years, you know, they're still very close to all those, all those guys for the most part to this day. Um, because that team and season was built through like three and a half years of shared suffering. And that's the story of that team in so many ways. It's not just what they did that season. It's what led up to that and what they had to go through. And, you know, they, everybody brings up the portal, uh, how easy it is to go now, I mean, I can't tell you, like, Chris Howard, uh, I don't know if you remember Chris uh, running back there, a senior oh, yeah. on the 97 team. Of course, Chris, and he said this before, um, would have transferred a thousand times if his mom hadn't said, no, you're not. You know, like, just, he would have done it. He would have found a way to do it, put my name in, get me out of here. Like, I would have never made it. Like, because I know myself at 20 years old. And so, yeah, I think you get that a lot from guys that played in that era. But they also, I think and this is what makes these guys unique. They also sort of understand how things have changed. And I think a lot of those guys that you talk to will say, I like that the guys have the ability to do different things. Now, a lot of those guys, you know, back then, uh, a couple of those guys went to Michigan because they want for academics. It was football. I'm not going to the NFL. I want to study a top level program. And you know, a lot of these guys nowadays, it's encouraged. It's something that's talked more openly about. So I think it's both ways, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you can't really close that lid when chipping it. You know, as I was, uh, you know, looking at the like the the preview of the of the book, I was wondering where the mountaintop uh, came from, and I, I just want to see if this was because of uh, the opener, as it alludes to, you know, in this uh, in this preview here, right before the opener, Cars team heard from a survivor of a Mount Everest tragedy. Uh, describe what it took to do the impossible when everything around you was falling apart. Is that you know, that that's the that's the the premise of the title? That is there? it. If, if you remember, Anthony, in 1997, Lloyd Carr had, and he themed every season that Michigan that he ever coached. It was, and that year was climb the mountain. It was, the, every team got a pick. Every team got, you know, their own axe, more or less a pick axe, you know, a climber's axe. Uh, and, yeah, he brought in a guy named Luke Kosicki who was on the uh, expedition where, uh, it was a tragic uh, Everest expedition where I think several people died on it. John Krakauer ended up writing the Into Thin Air book about it. Um, of course, it was a legendary, you know, famous book. And so uh, Luke Kosicki's from Michigan. Lloyd had him come in and talk to the team uh, before the season. And they themed their season around sort of what it takes to be responsible to the person next to you to make it out of something really difficult alive, that everybody is still standing at the end and we get where we need to go. 
And I think that's where they resonated with it. And, uh, and, and that's how they kind of kept it. They themed the season that they talked about it every week, Mount Everest, climbing the mountain. Uh, and that's sort of how it went. So yeah, mountaintop, that was the, uh, that was the name for it. As we read the book and pre-order it right now, amden.com. I just tweeted out the link to it. Click it, order awesome. it, do it, do it now. Hardcover, 402 pages. You can read 402 pages. I can do it. I don't know. Sometimes oh, I can't yeah, even read. Right. <laughs> but, we wrote it, so you can read it for sure. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. I want to know, because a lot of the stories are going to be told, right? So what about the story yeah. of the authors in trying to, okay, we're going to write this book on the 97 team. Dude, where do we even start? How do you build like a roadmap or a plan? Are you sitting down with like a giant whiteboard? And how do we get from point A, page one, to point B, page four hundred two? How do we tell this story? Was that that had to be like one of the more stressful parts about it? Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing was making sure that you got perspectives from as many players players as possible. Because that, to me, this is a player's book. This is. You know, a lot of it is, uh, there's a lot about Lloyd in there and some other assistants, but to me, the, that team is special because of those players and, um, and, and their selfless, selflessness, uh, unselfishness, we'll say, all that sort of thing together. And that is just not something that I guess we see uh, most today. And so for, for us, it was, we have to make sure we talk to all of them. I mean, as many as we can that are still alive. And we talked to walk-ons, we talked to, you know, as many guys that even touched that team, we wanted to know because if there's any dissenting, like I wanted to know is if, if anybody here thinks that that was not a, a rosy, great, you know, whatever, I want to know. And that did not happen. <laughs> so I just, we, the, the biggest task was really making sure that we got the perspectives from as many players as we possibly humanly could. Um, and to give them their fair opportunity to, you know, so many, like you said, Anthony, so many of those stories are already known and told but you don't know the reality behind them. And it was making sure we give those guys who were kids then and are adults now the opportunity to do that. And I think that that was what uh, ended up making it a cool project, but that was also the the, the biggest uh, task. Nick Baumgartner joining us right now. You can find his work at The Athletic. A great, great football scribe. If you don't have a subscription, you need to subscribe so that you can read the scribe. That's what you need to do. It's, I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not a big subscription guy, and I have one to The Athletic, so that'll tell you that I stand behind what I'm saying right now. Uh, you know, Nick, I, when I think about Charles Woodson, Obviously, right? 97 team, Woodson, Rose of the Mouth. You know, it, it, the guy did everything. And then I, I watch him on TV. And I'm, I feel like I'm always someone that's trying to defend him because it doesn't matter if Ohio State won 12 in a row. When it's Ohio State, Michigan on the Fox broadcast, my man is going to be out there looking sharper than attack, got the ascot on, he's got the hat, he's going to grab the flag from the cheerleaders, and he's going to wave it, and people think, like, oh, well, he can't have an unbiased opinion because he went there. And it's like, you know, when you start to read this, maybe it'll help some folks understand of why yeah. he feels the way that, that he feels and why he loves that look logo and what that stands for and means to him. That is a great point. And I think that, you know, I hope that comes across and I think it will, because I think what is discovered here and, and you see it all the time, like you just nailed it. it Charles, like he doesn't live here in Ann Arbor. He doesn't live around, you know, but it is like a home to him. Like that's how, when he's on the field in the stadium, it looks like he's standing at home. Like that's what it feels like with him. And we were, we talked with him about that. Like, what, and, and he talked a lot about his, how he grew up as a person here, um, not just as a player. Charles Woodson walked in the door here as the best player that they'd seen in a long, long time. That was how it was from day one, and they spent three years trying to convince him that that, that wasn't the case to keep his ego in check. But to talk about a guy 
who knew that he had that le- level of athleticism and ability and is 20 years old, 19, 20, trying to figure it out. Like you, some of the stories that he told us, I think explain really, really in, in pretty good detail why he loves the place as much as he does and why it's like a blind, like it, nothing, it won't matter how bad he thinks looks, he's going to support it no matter what. A lot of guys are like that. I think Desmond Howard is probably similar. Uh, and he's, you know, Desmond can be abrasive, of course, for people. I think Charles probably less so. Well, a lot of guys are like that with their with their school, and especially guys that had great careers and that got there, that knew they had the ability and then made it. And I think for Charles, uh, that Michigan is still a big deal for him because it was uh, a place that he came and conquered in so many ways. And I think that uh, is very important to him. And every time he's back home in Ann Arbor, there isn't a soul in that stadium that wouldn't say, "Hey, throw on no. that jersey real quick. Let's see. I, we know yeah. you still got well, something see, to and, take." And, and it's that's the that's the gravity of him, and I think that's what makes that team because he's there. And it, it, you, know, you you go and you look into it, and you start peeling it back, and you say, "Well, okay, well, Woodson's there, and that automatically gives them credit." But then you start peeling back, you say, "Okay, well, there's so many guys on that team that are NFL players that had great ten year." You know, twelve-year careers. Some of them are still. Ryan Greasy's coaching, right? Still, right now. Tom Brady was on that team. So many guys, but it's like, yeah. I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's a, it's a player's book, and it's hard not to, uh, to to appreciate all that. And when you have so many great players, you're going to have some competition at some different spots. You mentioned Chris Howard, the guy that was uh, that was there at the number two spot was mm-hmm. the A train Anthony Thomas. I mean, come on, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. Right. But but let's go quarterback Brian Greasy, Tom Brady. Tom was obviously yeah. going through a whole heck of a lot there. What you know, this was a moment where he was he tried to go into Lloyd's office and he wanted out at one point. You know, and, and Tom's yeah. spoken about we that. Talked about that in the book. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty it's openly. And it, it kind of that iron sharpens iron sort of mentality yeah. that, yeah, you might have to work for this. You might have to wait this out. You might have to be here a couple of years before you see success. I think what I learned in that, you know, and you know, talking to Lloyd from his perspective through that whole thing um, and knowing what we know about how it all went and, and all of that, I, that really, I think when you look back, I, we also talked to Drew Henson for this book. He was the number one recruit in the country there in 97 and was at every game on the 50 yard line with uh, the top recruit seats. And he told, he gave a quote that I, that stuck with me the whole way that in the mid nineties, it meant an awful lot to play quarterback at Michigan, because if you go back in the previous decade and it started in the late mid eighties with Harbaugh, um, Cam Cameron's a quarterback coach. They get Elvis Kerbach, they get Todd Collins. They start throwing the football more than any big 10 team. They start going vertical more than any big 10 team. Um, during those molar years, then in through Lloyd Carr. And what it did is it just created this quarterback, Every guy they signed, even guys that didn't work out, like Scott Leffler, uh, Dreisbach, they're all highly rated kids. And so they're bringing in – Brian Greasy was a walk-on who turned down scholarships to go to other Big Ten schools to, because he wanted to compete at Michigan. Like, that's what the quarterback room was like in the 90s when Tom Brady was here. And I think this book also, in a similar – I hope, in a similar manner of uh, – shaping Woodson's youth, it, it also illustrates, I think, a lot of how it probably shaped Tom Brady because – um, how can you go through something like that and not have that be sort of a lasting, you know, impact on everything? And that's just how it was here. It was a pauldron of competition in that in that era, and yeah, pretty different. And that's what made him great. His name is Nick Baumgartner. He's always great here. 
Hey, talk about iron sharpens iron. That's us, Nick. Here we go. Visit mden.com. The University of Michigan book is called Mountaintop, the inside story of Michigan's 1997 title climb, co-authored by Mark Snyder and this gentleman right here, Nick Baumgartner. You can find him on Twitter as well, at Nick Baumgartner. Find his work at The Athletic. Nick, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and, and tell us about this book, man. I, I am excited. Get my pre-order right now. Where's my credit card at? I'm reaching for my pockets, man. I'm excited. Excited for you. Excited for the book. Thank you again so much. Thank you so much, Anthony. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Sounds good. There he goes. Nick Baumgartner. You can find his work. You know, he's, he's been covering Michigan, been covering the Lions. Football guy. Like, football guy. If you're into football and you're not following Nick and you live here, in, in the state of Michigan. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I, what I like about how, where he deems his location is the tackle box, which I really like. You know, you stay in the tackle box, but, you know, if you're in the tackle box, you throw it away. There's nobody in sight. You might get, you know, it might be a little tensional grounding there. Got to get Nick on the run there, but no, it's going to be, the book's going to be great. Uh, you can also visit Michigan1997book.com. That's Michigan1997book.com uh, for more information about it. But I am, uh, man, I'm thrilled. And it's it's special. And, yeah, um, winged helmet on the desk here. C-Web jersey hanging up behind me in the Michigan Sports Network radio bunker. Like, that's, these are my teams. You know, and um, and that was such, for a young person growing up in this area, Right, and you're and you have the the Detroit Red Wings at that time doing their thing, right? And the Lions had had some success early '90s, you know, mid '90s, still still competing, right? And then you have Michigan football, which was larger than life, larger than life. I can remember sitting there and watching games throughout that entire decade with my dad, and you know, the, the Tim Biakovatuka is difficult for a child to say, but it sticks with you because you have to try so hard to pronounce it correctly. Right in thinking of what think about the old press box there at the big house and what that looked like. Right, and going to a game for the first time and seeing how big it is, and the guys run out of there. Everybody's a larger than life character, and they run out of the tunnel and they slap the banner. And you, and you think about that as a child, and then you look at this '97 team, and you have no idea the gravity of the situation, and you can apply that. You know, if you were a younger person watching the Bad Boys, or if you were you know, a younger person watching, you know, Bad Boys Part Two, the Going to Work Pistons, if you were there, you know, it, that was '04. If you were there in '02, a little bit younger, watching the greatest hockey team ever assembled, the 2002 Detroit Red Wings, you don't know what you have, and then all of a sudden you're stuck. As I as I mentioned to Nick earlier, let's go post 2007 Rose Bowl. I was there. I watched USC march up and down the field, that damn band playing the same song over, kicking our teeth in for four quarters. It was, it was, it was dismal. You know, you see people, the whole crowd, like you see Michigan fans, we're hanging our heads. You see the USC fans, and they're you know laughing and carrying on. And it's like, oh, it's okay. We're going to be right back. And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute now. You mean this isn't guaranteed? You mean it's not always going to be like this? Well, what happens next? And it's like one thing after another in the history that is Michigan. And so many people get caught up in that, right? Like, well, yeah, uh, who'd you beat? You know, the Midwest, the Collegiate Nurses College in 1804. It's like, will you shut up and act like this isn't one of the most storied programs in the, in the country? Like, who'd you want them to schedule? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, come on. Like, the schedule is the schedule. You're going to argue about a guy named Fielding Yost? Have you seen the helmets that they wore? 
They were, you know, like it is what it is. They had a lot of success and they went through a period of time where that just disappeared. And to know and to not know as a young person the gravity of what that 97 team meant, what that national title meant. And you still get the people today. I'm sure somebody's driving around the car going, ah, split national title with Nebraska. No, hullabaloo. I don't care. You know how many split national titles are? They, you want to go down the list? I guarantee hey, Ohio State claims what? 11? They, the, the, do the Buckeyes claim 11 national titles? I'll go look it up right now and come back after the break and tell you. Some people are going to be real. You might take some Buckeyes off the back of that jersey, Chief. Because guess what? Sport. You got some shared titles in your history, too. Folks in East Lansing. Folks in South Bend. There's a lot of shit. Alabama. There's the best system we had. Like, that's the system we had. I don't know what to tell you. 1997, man. What a time. I'm so glad that Nick and, and Mark Snyder, too, co-authored there. I've talked to him uh, many a time. And, you know, just uh, two two really good storytellers here. And that's why I wondered what that vision, like almost like a vision board. I know it's an overused term by Instagram influencers now. Like, got to manifest and put your Insta, put your vision board out there. And if you think about a million dollars, you're going to have it. I get it. I understand you're probably rolling your eyes, but you got to come up with a plan. You know, it's like uh, it's like if you're working for the feds and you're trying to knock down a, a criminal syndicate. All right, you get out the big board and you start put, pinning up pictures, locations. You know, tr- trying to you know tie people together. Who's what? Like, how do you tell that story? Where do you start? What do you include? What doesn't make the cut? This can't be a four thousand page. You know, this can't be the same size as the Bible, right? So to knock it down to four and two pages and what that went into and the work that these guys put in, man. If you're a Michigan fan, I hope that this is uh, on your coffee table and. And you support uh, two great guys, and Mark Snyder and, and Nick Bumgarner, who I know do a phenomenal job of telling the story, and I cannot wait to pick it up. Visit themden.com or visit Michigan1997book.com and get your hands on it right now. We'll step aside. Back with more of The Huge Show after this. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Hey, this is Matt Shepard from the Michigan Sports Network. I love summers in Michigan because it means golf season. Now, two things always when I go golfing. I make sure I got my sticks, and I've got plenty of cold, fresh Labatt Blue Light. Whether I've just squeezed in 18 holes or I just want to relax on the patio after a long day, everywhere I go, and I'm serious when I tell you this, I tell people about the smooth, genuine taste of Labatt Blue Light. It's just a great beer. Michigan Sports Network is giving you a chance to win a foursome to Michigan's best courses. Just listen weekdays to the 
huge show and X's and bros, or just text golf to 21,000 to enter. That's golf to 21,000. The trip includes two overnight stays and two rounds of golf, all brought to you by my friends at Labatt Blue Light. So grab a Labatt Blue Light the next time you head out onto the course and enjoy the blue skies because blue is for Michigan summers and great times. Always enjoy responsibly. Copyright 2023 Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt is a registered U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company, LTD. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. Boy, I got so excited talking about that 1997 team in U of M. Jeez. Uh, you know what? I can, I can end the hour, though, with this. Jim Harbaugh is trending on Twitter. And I said, well, why is Jim Harbaugh trending on Twitter? Well, they have a Michigan team has implemented a beat Georgia drill. And for whatever, this period of practice this beat Georgia period of practice. You know, like, I don't know why people are mocking that. They are at the top of the mountain right now. If it was Alabama doing what Georgia did, it'd be beat Bama. You have to do it with Ohio State. You got to put the, put your goal on the board and figure out a plan to win that football game. Like, that's what it is. You only get 60 minutes to win it, and you're going to prepare all offseason for it. That should be on your mind. Your mind should be a national championship. Hour two next. Big. Bad. Huge.